Thanks, Stephanie. Let me pray for us. Whew, that was intense, God. <laughs> You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can save us this morning. Nothing else will do. Only you, God, and your son who died for us and raised again on the original Easter Sunday. We're here to celebrate that. We're here to proclaim that. We're here, we're here to tell everybody this is how it's done. This is how you're saved. Only through God. We thank you for the story of the gospel. I pray that I would do it justice today. And that new faith would happen as a result of that. We pray this in your great name. Amen. Please have a seat. Oh my goodness. We're kicking things off right here today. Thank you band for crushing it on that first set. I'm excited for the second set. Welcome to Easter Sunday. This is like the Super Bowl of church, right? This is what we've been practicing for. We're going to go big today. Okay, we're pulling out all the stops just for you guys. I thought, uh, you know, the band is doing a special couple new songs. They're doing, we got a little bit bigger band, a little louder band, which we love it loud around here. So we're going big. We're pulling out all the stops this morning. I want to tell you how to live the good life. How do you get the good life? That's, that's we're going to go big today, right? Isn't that what we all want? We want the good life, the the satisfied life, the content life, the fulfilled life. And I got, I got it for you. I got you. Okay? It's easy. It's three words, and, it start, and those words start with L. All right, you ready? You got your pencils ready? I'm going to write this down. It's live, laugh, flow. I'm just kidding. That's not the way to a fulfilled life. Despite the sign that you bought at Hobby Lobby, and maybe Michelle Kinsey has a few of them. Her, her kids ratted her out earlier. Despite that sign that you have on your wall, that is not the way to a fulfilled life. In fact, it doesn't matter how many signs you put up or how much swag you have. The more, the more swag, live, laugh, love swag you have apparently does not give you the good life, and I'll prove it. I have a video to prove it of a sad guy that found a bunch of live, laugh, love stuff in his house. Can we play that video real quick? You satisfaction. It's not going to bring you fulfillment. This guy, Josh Rice, who's spoken out here a few times, we call him the professor because he used to um, teach at Corbin. He's actually a doctor. I don't know if you guys know that. He's got that long hair. He's kind of a He's an awesome guy, actually, super smart. He, I was talking to him about Live, Laugh, Love the other day, and he said something, and I was like, I don't know what you just said, but can you email that to me? Because I want to quote that on Sunday. It was so good. This is what he said. Josh Rice, Josh Rice says, such commonplace expressions aren't wrong. They're just trite and shallow. When we actually look at the love of God expressed in Christ, the world's vision of love is shown to be a pale comparison Likewise, when we actually experience the power and joy of life in Christ, we realize that the live, laugh, love ethos of, all, of our culture is a mere shadow of the real life offered in Jesus. It's, it's just a shadow of the real life that's offered in Jesus. I, I, 
I want to submit to you that that's the least. I mean, it's a shadow. It, it's kind of shallow. But when we look to live, laugh, love, when we look to the good life to satisfy us, it's actually worse than just kind of shallow and trite. It becomes like problematic. Live, laugh, love becomes like the rules and the demands that you must live by. And if you're not living, you're not laughing and you're not loving, you're condemned to, to a life that well, it sucks. Like if you, if you don't have, if you don't have the, the right life, if you're not living life to the fullest, then your life's not going to be great. If you're not laughing all the time and be the life of the party and have a ton of joy, then your life isn't great. Something must be wrong. And if you're not loving or being loved, you must not be lovable. That's what, that's what this, this, uh, this saying becomes. It becomes, live, laugh, love becomes ob an obligation. It becomes an expectation. It adds pressure to our life. Live, laugh, love doesn't work. Live, laugh, love is exhausting. It's hard. It makes for a terrible savior. But do you know what's not hard? Do you know what's easy? Do you know what will actually bring the good life, the satisfied life, the contented life? It's easy. It's three words, and it starts with L. <laughs> All the words start with L. And those words start with love, okay? I'm not going to give you the rest of them yet. They just start with love, because love is the first and the most important thing. It's not your love. It's not what you, what you do, who you love. It's the love of God. That's, that's the first. That's the beginning of the good life. Let's read again what we read, uh, what Stephanie read for us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loved first. He initiated his love for all of us. He doesn't wait to see if we love him. He loved first. And God so loved the world. He loves everybody. All people, all nations, all races, all political parties. All the different camps that we've created. I don't know if you guys have ever seen What About Bob? That movie. It's both the uh, greatest movie and the worst movie ever made. I love it, uh, but it also like drives me nuts to watch Bill Murray. That movie is so uncomfortable to, to sit through, but it's hilarious. There's this one scene where Richard Dreyfus he's playing uh, the shrink. He's playing Dr. Leo Marvin, uh, and Bill Murray is the crazy guy, is Bob. And Dr. Leo Marvin you know, is saying, uh, Bob, tell me, what, uh, what do you think happened to your marriage? Uh, and Bill Murray says responds with uh, there are two kinds of people in this world people that like Neil Diamond and people that don't as as if that's a good explanation for why his marriage ended one of them like Neil Diamond and the other didn't but he was oversimplifying the world into two camps God loves people that like Neil Diamond and those who don't God loves those who drink LaCroix and the rest of us who don't 
God loves those who drive Priuses. <laughs> and those who don't. I'm just kidding. If you drove a Prius here, thank you so much for coming. I'm not trying to bag on you. I'm serious. We mostly make fun of Priuses because there's this guy, Kevin, that works at the church. And he's like the toughest guy and he drives a Prius. It's really funny. God loves those who drive slow in the fast lane and those that don't do that. Emphasis on don't do that. I'm on I-5 all the time going back and forth to Tigard. Drives me crazy. God loves the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. God loves the right-wing conservative. God loves the left-wing liberal. God loves the unborn child. God loves the undocumented immigrant. God loves the LGBT community. God loves the transgender community. And God loves the rest of us who are old school and want to keep the gender that God gave us. God loves those who deny his deity and those who proclaim his deity. God loves those who disagree with him. God loves those who don't like him. God loves those who hate him. God loves those who want to kill him. God loves the world. Not just believers, but everybody. You got to know that. And his love is not just a feeling. His love is more than a feeling. Is anybody thinking about that Boston song right now? More than a feeling. It's been in my head all week since I've been thinking about that. God's love is more than a feeling. Dang, I'm, God's love is, is more than just sentiment. God's love is real. It's tangible. It's personal. It's historical. You could touch God's love. You could feel Jesus when he walked the earth. Somebody said, and I forgot to write this person's name down, so I can't give him credit, but somebody smart said, God's love is not just vague and sentimental, it is a costly love. That's the difference between sentiment and real love. What did it cost? So what did God's love cost? What's the value of God's love for the world? How do you value it? How do you value a house? It's the same, you figure it out the same way. When you value a house, what do you do? You, you uh, I don't know, you ask your neighbor, what do you think my house is worth? And he'll give you a number. Or you ask a realtor, what do you think my house is worth? And they'll run some comps and tell you what they think your house is worth. Or you pay for an appraisal, which is like super expensive now. And they do a bunch of research. They do some comps. They go through the numbers. And they give you a number. But is that what your house is worth? No. It's just a guess. Your house is worth what someone is willing to pay for it, right? Who's writing the biggest check for my house? That's what my house is worth. God's love is the same. What's, what's God's love, value, the value of God's love? He gave up his most prized possession. He gave up his most... His, his greatest belonging. He gave his one and only son for us. That's the value of God's love. Why would he do that? Why would he give up his only son? He gave up his son so that we would have life. That's why he gave up his son. Because he loves us and he wants us to have life. The love of God is what we need. Why do we need it? So that we could have life. 
live, laugh, love, doesn't bring life. It doesn't work. It will condemn us. If that's our, if that's our objective, either we won't measure up and we won't achieve the living, the laughing, and the loving that we set out, set out to achieve, or we will achieve it, and then we'll realize, ah, oh, wasn't that great, didn't satisfy me that great. So you want more love, you want more life, or laugh, or whatever the, whatever the ones are, I'm getting tongue-tied. The very thing that we seek after for the good life, live, laugh, love, will condemn us, because it won't satisfy us, or we'll never get it. Let me keep reading. Verse 17 now, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Live, laugh, love will condemn you. Some of you know this is true. This is why you think you're such a failure. Because you're looking to this like list to, to measure up, to, 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 to think that you have worth and value. And, and you're failing to hit that, that list. So you feel like a failure. You're depressed because you're not measuring up. You're defensive because it's so important. Jesus came not to condemn us because we're condemned already. We're already looking outside of Jesus to prove ourselves. We're looking outside of Jesus to, to, to satisfy ourselves. And we're condemned by that already. He didn't come to condemn us. He's just coming here to be the bearer of bad news. To point out the obvious. I, I didn't condemn you. You're condemned already. That's why you're depressed. That's why you're miserable. Because you can't achieve what you, what you wanted. You're missing the love of God that results in life. What does this mean for, um, for some of us? Let's, let's go through live, laugh, and love. Some of you walked in, and you're trying to live life to the fullest. Okay, you've got this picture in your mind of what, what the ideal life is. It's the, maybe the business or the job. It's the, the girl or the guy. It's the family. It's the house. It's the car. It's, I don't know. It's this, it's this idea of what the good life is, but unfortunately, you can't get it. You're struggling to get the good life, and you're not living life to the fullest, but you're failing miserably at accomplishing it, and it's driving you crazy. Let me just tell you, you don't have to accomplish anything. It has already been accomplished for you. The love of God is what you're looking for, and it will bring you life, if that's you. How about some of you that, are, that, that walked in and who just want to laugh? I just want to have a good time. I just want happiness and joy. But unfortunately, you haven't been given joy. Your life has given you a bunch of circumstances that... That have turned you, uh, turned your joy into like tears and frustration. And so you're, you're miserable. You're feeling like a, a failure. Maybe you didn't want to come here this morning because you don't want to hang out with a bunch of shiny Christians. When you're feeling miserable, you don't want to come to church. 
But you got dragged to church here because it's the Super Bowl of church today. I've been there. Like that. That was me. When I was at my lowest of low point, the last place I wanted to go was church. Like that. There's nothing like seeing a bunch of people like really joyful and really happy to make you feel even miserable about even more miserable about your own life. Church was so stressful for me a decade or more ago. But I stuck around because it felt like there might be something in there that I might that I might want that I, that I might like. And I got to know some people and specifically my brother, Matt, who was teaching at the other campus and I got to find out that his joy was not a joke it wasn't made up it wasn't fake it was genuine and I wanted some of that I I I wanted it and I found it in the love of God the I found the love of God and the love of God found me however that works and it brought me joy it brought me satisfaction it brought me fulfillment this is what's available to you if you're feeling miserable if you don't have joy the love of God is what you're looking for it will bring you life and how about the last one that's live laugh and how about love how about if you walked in here and you don't feel you don't feel loved and you're not loving others you're, you're you're desperate for it though you want it maybe you lost a loved one maybe the the love that you're in right now the marriage that you're in right now is a struggle is is difficult or maybe you've never been loved and so you've got this huge hole in your heart and you're trying to fill it maybe you're working your fingers to the bone to try to prove that you're lovable and you, it's just not enough you just can't be appreciated enough you just can't be loved enough I'm telling you, the love of God will fill that hole in your heart. It's the love of God that you're looking for. It will bring you life. To the degree that we look to live, laugh, love to save us, we will not find life. We will be condemned to more like despair, depression, and death. God's love is what we're looking for because it will bring us life. Now, how to get it. The last L. Yeah, love, life, that's the last L. Let's look at uh, the verse again, or let's look at the Bible. Uh, verse 14 this time. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus is referencing an Old Testament story back in the book of Numbers, Numbers 21. It's this crazy story where the Israelites were condemned uh, and there were a bunch of poisonous snakes around and they were biting the Israelites. And they cried out to Moses, their, their leader, and said, Moses, will you pray to God to help us get rid of these snakes, to help us deal with these snakes? And so Moses prays to God and God tells Moses, okay, take... Uh, Take some bronze and make a snake out of bronze and put it on a pole. This is what you see on like ambulances. That's where, this, that's where that came from. 
put a snake on a pole, lift it up, walk through the Israelites, and those that look at the snake on a pole will be healed. The same thing that healed the Israelites is the same thing that can heal us today. What does God want from you? I want you to look and live. So what's in a look? How do you look? It's tangible. It's, a, it's real. The snake bite that the, that the Israelites went through, that was real. They could feel the poison going through them. And all they had to do was look to the snake on a pole to heal them. It's a believing look. I look to that snake on a pole to heal me. I believe that that might heal me. And they were healed. Have you felt the bite of the good life? Have you felt the poison of not measuring up? The condemnation of never being able to achieve the good life? The live, laugh, love that you set out to, to live? Have you, have you felt that poison? Have you felt the condemnation of never being satisfied by anything that you're doing? The life that you've been living? Look at your Savior on the pole. Look at Jesus on the cross. Back to John, it says, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. We're talking about Jesus here. Jesus must be lifted up. Look at him lifted up on the cross. He will heal you of this, of this condemnation of never measuring up. God gave his only son to die for us so that we may live. Can you see him? Do you believe that he, he can save you? All you have to do is look. Then three days later, after he was on the cross, what happened? He was lifted up again from the grave. Resurrected. That's what we're here to celebrate. He conquered death. He killed death. Jesus did. And was resurrected. You can be resurrected from trying to live the good life. From looking to live, laugh, love to save you. And then after he was resurrected, the story tells us 40 days later, he was lifted up again into heaven. He ascended into heaven where Jesus takes his place on the throne as king over everything and everyone. Can you see him on the throne? Can you look at him? Is he your king? Is he ruling and reigning over your life? I'm telling you, it's easy. Jesus' rules are easy. So much easier than live, laugh, love. His rules are simple. It's look and live. No more expectations. No more obligations. No more pressure. No more wishing you had a, a better life. No more condemnation when you don't achieve that better life. Look and live. Look at the love of God and live. That's all there is to it. That's the gospel. Look at the love of God and live. The only way you can look is if you think you need it. The only way that you can see it is if you need it. If everything's going well, if you kind of got things figured out, if you're living, laughing, and loving, like, and 
You don't need it? Sounds ridiculous to you. Like, why would I look at a dead guy on a cross? This is a ridiculous story. Why would I look at a snake on a pole? How is that going to heal me? It seems ridiculous, but this is the way that God wants it. It's only for people that don't have it figured out. It's only for people that know they don't measure up. It's only for people that feel the condemnation of trying to live the good life and not, and not receiving it. That's who the gospel is for. Look to the love of God and live. If that sounds interesting to you, if that's something new, if you feel something stirring inside of you, you got to come talk to us, man. I'll tell you everything I've learned over the last decade plus about this. We'll walk you through it. We'll rally around you. I want to hear your story. I want to encourage you. I want to point you to the love of God because that's what brings the good life. Last thing. What are we going to do with all those signs? I got a couple of ideas. <laughs> no, not a bonfire, Jesse. How rude. How about a fundraiser? <laughs> you should donate to them to the church. We'll do a little pop-up shop. We'll sell them. We'll give the money to uh, a good cause. Uh, the second idea is maybe we should take a Sharpie and update them. You know? It's actually, live, laugh, love is actually pretty close to whatever the three I was saying. Uh, was it love, look, love, live, look? I think we just have to exchange laugh and, and look and then change the order a little bit and you're good there. <laughs> or we leave them up and you use them as a reminder, okay, of what can happen through the love of God. We look to the love of God and then we live a more content, more satisfied, more fulfilling life. We laugh. We have significantly more joy when we look to the love of God. And then we can love. Not because we're trying to fill a hole inside of us. But we love because God loved us. Leave them up. And let it remind you of the love of God. Let me close this in prayer. Father, we thank you for um, your son. We thank you for the, the story of the cross. We thank you today, especially for the resurrection, how you lifted up Jesus out of the grave. He conquered the grave. He killed death. And we can be resurrected with him from a life of condemnation, from a life of suffering, of a life of trying to measure up to everything and everyone, from a life of of failure, of, of just watching everybody else who's doing things that we wish we could do and then just feeling miserable as a result of that. We don't want to live that way. God, save us from that. I pray that you would, you would help us see how we do that because we all do it. We all do, the, we all do that <laughs> to one degree or another. God, I pray that you would, uh, you would stir some hearts and here this morning, and you would help them see the gospel in a new light. And they would want to know more. They would want to take the next step. They would want to look and live. It's that simple.
No more obligations, no more expectations, no more, no more pressure. God, we love you. We thank you for, uh, for the original Easter. We thank you for this Easter morning. Pray this in your name. Amen. Listen, we're going to go to a time.